the unholy trinity was last week. This week is the beast from the east. 666. Now it's a play on, on the title because what we're going to talk about is the beast from the earth. Last week was the beast from the sea. This is the beast from the earth. And there, a lot of them are pointing to the dragon. So that's where we come up with the um, unholy trinity. We can see exactly how Satan, false prophet, the one world leader, how they, how they work together. And on this topic, it's so important to um, allow for different views. Remember, I've shared that before. Allow, allow for different views. And that's one way God tests our unity, I believe. If somebody ever comes up and they say, I agree with everything you believe, you might want to, you know, pray about that because there are differences. God allows us different views um, in, in the non-essentials, I should say, right? We can't all come together and worshiping different gods. That's not unity. True unity is unity of the faith. But then within that is, and remember, people aren't maybe where you're at spiritually or you're not maybe where they're at spiritually, or maybe your experience is different than theirs. And when you, you, you read the, you know, we read the Bible with a different interpretation sometimes of what the city looked like or the timing of this. And, and, and how many of you saw that beautiful picture of the lake and the mountains? You know, on and, and Spirit Lead Me and a couple of, how many of you thought of skiing when you saw the snow? Or how many thought of being in a boat on the lake? Or how many of you, I mean, I could keep going. I thought of being a hundred feet out there and waders with a fly pole and nobody else there. Right? Just, you know, no, we're like, what? That, that seems crazy. Well, that's, that's kind of my DNA. My dad raised me uh, fly fishing, taught me at 12 years old, and that's really a, a connection to get away and, and just, that's real fishing, by the way. I want to rub it in. <laughs> All those guys that put on bait, I say, you're lake strippers. Who can th- throw a power bait out there and drink a beer? I mean, that's, that's not working for your fish. So, sorry, just offended some of the guys. <laughs> I apologize. So, Revelation 13, 11 through 12. So, remember, the beast came from the sea. It's not necessarily coming from the ocean. It could be the sea of humanity. And then here I saw another beast now coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb and he spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all authority of the first beast in his presence. And he causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Remember that from last week. So this first beast, the second beast is causing people to worship the first beast. Remind you of anything in the Trinity? Because we don't worship the Holy Spirit. Remember that? And I hear some Pentecostals kind of their language is concerning a little bit, you know, because they're they're worshiping the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit points us to worship Christ, and that and he's and, the, and we see actually the same thing here. Ellicott, in his commentary, said both wild beasts rise from beneath. The one we talked about last week and this week, the sea out of which the first rises represents the impulses and passions of mankind. The earth, the more fixed element, of, is of human thought and wisdom. The wisdom, however, is that which, which guides the wild beast is not divine wisdom, but wisdom that is earthly, sensual, and of the devil. Now, it's interesting. I don't necessarily come away with that interpretation, but I'm not sure what you do with a large beast rising out of the sea, a large beast rising out of the earth, and trying to put that together. The Bible uses a lot of imagery uh, to represent what John saw. The second beast is like the third person of the unholy trinity. Less graphic description. 
So last week, the first beast had a very graphic description. And it thrives on deception and violence. We're going to see in, in verses 13 and 14. Isn't that interesting? This next beast thrives actually on uh, violence and being deceiving the people. And that's really as we go through life, you're going to see that a lot more. A lot of deception. And uh, in case you haven't caught it yet, um, they use scare tactics around the world, even our nation. Scare tactics and fear, because the more fear, the more scared you are, the more freedoms you'll give up. So in order to be under this one world system, it's going to take a lot of fear and people giving up their their freedoms because of fear. And that's what we saw during the um, 2020 uh, time period. I can't say certain words because YouTube sends me an email that you've been removed. If we say, so, gosh, hmm, got to wonder, wonder what's going on there. They're not, sens- they're, not, they're not getting rid of Fauci's videos and things like that. But those who talk about these things, they are. So this person is given the same authority as the first beast, but points to him for worship, much like the Holy Spirit in the Holy Trinity. The first beast is often called the Antichrist, but some say it's the second beast. To me, I don't get too caught up on who is who or the language because we just don't know. Both of them appear in the temple. Think about this. When you talk, when you, when you look at Jesus, and I could give more examples, when you look at Jesus and whoever the, the Antichrist, whatever beast it is, both of them appear in a temple, both of them pl- claim to be God, and both of them make a covenant with Israel, and both of them rise from the dead. Jesus and this false prophet, this Antichrist, isn't the similarities are amazing. You might say, well, what, what covenant did Jesus make with Israel? <laughs> the most important covenant there is. I give to you a new covenant. It was the shedding of blood and the remission of sin. And that's the covenant and this false prophet. So you can see them working in parallel. Revelation 13, 13 through 14. By the way, just so you know, there are a group of people um, that I respect, but have already, have already, I don't know if they come, a lot can come here, but they've already, they're already checked out in their mind about what I'm saying. Because it's a view called preterism. And they believe that the book of Revelation has already been fulfilled, the whole book. And if you read how they come to these conclusions, they're, you know, I, I give them credit. There's really good points. But there are some like, I don't, that's kind of hard for me on this area, in this area, in this area, in this area. It doesn't appear that everything was fulfilled. Now, well, I don't want to jump ahead, but the reason is there are some, have you heard of the word anti-type? Or, you know, God will sometimes do something here that actually is going to do again later and it can have dual fulfillment. For for example, what I don't remember the exact chapter, um, many of you I'm sure know, but in Ezekiel where he's talking about the king of Tyre and he's actually pronouncing judgments against Babylon, the Philistines, and this king of Tyre is definitely a king, a, a le- le- legitimate, real king. But he, as he keeps going, this king switches to language that is not that can't be an earthly king. That has to be, and that's where they a lot of people come up with. Now this is Satan. Oh, Morning Star, how you've fallen, and and you're deceiving the nations. And are they going to say, is this the great deceiver? And it's like, well, that's that can't be a king, but this first part definitely is a king. So Lord, I don't know what to do with that. Could it be dual fulfillment? Could it be that? And and you do see, without a shadow of a doubt, that that Nero. Anybody heard of Nero? Uh, burning Christians at the stake, blamed the burning of Rome on Christians. 
you can definitely see how a lot of what John was writing about could fit into Nero's persona and what he did. But for me, not everything. There's things there that, that I, can't, I can't make that, that, that leap. Um, but you, you can see how people believe that. And my whole point is this. I was taught that those type of people were like, like uh, heretical. That they weren't even Christians. But I didn't go to happen to read and study and like, okay, I can see where they draw this conclusion. And there's different views. Partial preterism. Want to get real confusing? They partially believe that some of the book of, of Revelation has been fulfilled. And uh, they do a lot of work with the Old Testament, bringing imagery in. And then there's all millennialism, where the millennial kingdom isn't really literal. It's, it's figurative. And so we, I just think it's important to give grace in these areas because no one knows. I can say that without a shadow of a doubt, without, is it, without even a hint of hesitancy, that nobody knows exactly how this is all going to unfold. It would be impossible. Oh yeah, here and here and here. Now somebody might get get it right if they're you know just happen to to just get it right. But overall, there's different views for different reasons on when these things will occur. The, the, and that's why the key is always throughout Scripture. There's nothing you, we have to worry about because it, the whole point is: Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you prepared? Here's what could go down, and it's preparing the church. It's preparing the saints, and also it could be a wonderful. Revelation could be a wonderful letter for unbelievers to read in the future. They go, oh, wow, how do we miss it? You know, many could come to the faith by reading Revelation in the future when they see these things unfolding. And so this person performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on earth. How has that been fulfilled already? In the sight of men, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast, beast who was wounded that we talked about last week, and he was wounded by the sword and he lived. So again, he's pointing to that first beast. He's deceiving those who dwell on the earth. How's he deceiving them? You guys see that? By signs, by signs, which he was granted to do. So the question does come up, who, who granted him those, that power? Some say, well, the anti, or the, the Satan did, and possibly, but again, God allows things. Nothing's going to happen outside of God's sovereignty. I, that's how I go to bed every night, not worrying about anything. I don't know about you, but that's how I go to bed at night, at night. I don't, that's, God's sovereignty is my sanity. There's no other way around it. So obviously God granted him, but could it be that the devil, we don't know. All we know that now he's doing signs, and that is probably one of the best ways to deceive people, correct? That's why all these, you know, if, if there's a sign that happens, and I don't quite understand how the magicians were able to do it when Moses did it with Pharaoh. Uh, some of that can be explained. Some of that was just maybe supernatural signs. Could it be all this weird stuff we're hearing about UFOs? Could that be demonic and aliens? That's probably the only answer. I mean, honestly, if you think it through, that's probably the only answer. People seeing things or these happening. So could it be possible that signs are going to follow this person? And then if somebody, oh, if they see a sign, that must be legitimate. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. This, remember, when it comes to signs, wonders what's going on, does it line up with Scripture? Does it lead you in a deeper relationship with God or farther away? Do you start to question God? 
That's why I encourage, especially young adults, don't watch all these YouTube videos on conspiracy theories. There, people, you can just make a video, and it does. You, how do you know if it's true? How am I going to check all this? How am I going to say NASA did this? They did this? How, I don't. I can't check it. I can't references or or this happened about the Earth's shape and the it's it's really flat and like how how were you? Well, he said. How do you know what he said is right? And see, we start to be deceived. And I've seen a lot of Christians now, pastoring 14 years, who will get way out there in the crazy land by watching all these things and not staying grounded in Scripture. I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. And they get mad at me. You're just not open. No, I don't think the earth is flat. Can I send you a video that proves why it doesn't? All these 20 scientific facts? No, I've already made up my mind. Don't confuse me with the facts. I mean, just the, the and just getting into people. I've talked to him about George Bush plan 9/11. Like, where'd all these airplane passengers go? Oh, they're hiding them somewhere. Can't you see this explosion? How this and and you talk to engineers. I've talked, and it's like, guys, you're getting off track and arrogant and deceived. Let's just say, let, hypothetically speaking, let's just say something like that is true. Okay, why do you need to be focused on it all the time and argue with people about it? What's the point? What's the point? You're being argumentative, and we can be very, very deceived by these things. And I know sometimes I say things that people don't like, and that's why I pray, Lord, do you, is this me or you? But God gives us different callings for what He wants to accomplish in our lives. I have to tell you, this is really funny, but there's pastors in town, and they're friends of mine. We, you know, I've been to every church here, by the way. I've been to Highlands. I've been to Vineyard. I've been to Grace Chapel. I know Chris well. I've been to Hope Chapel. I know Sean well. I've been to Calvary Chapel. I know Pastor Mike. Pastor Mike was my pastor. I know. I've been to all these churches. So I know. I, I, and, I, and that's why I don't really put people down because I just different callings. They're not going to preach like me. They're not called to preach like me. And I can't do what they do. These guys, they're incredible. But we laugh sometimes because, hey, Shane, people are at our church because you're too hard. I'm like, people are at our church from you because you're too soft. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I mean, you have to just laugh. Oh, yeah, I just met this couple. They say, you're just too hard, and too convicting. and too. I'm like, well, I just met another family last week that says you're going woke and you don't talk about the issues and you're like, you're this compromising pastor and, you're so, and you, you, don't, you don't shake them up. Isn't that, I just have to laugh. It's like, because you have to be comfortable in what God's called you to do. And I just, just, God has a sense of humor, I think. Because every one of them that tell me that, I can tell them a family who's come to our church because of what they lack in. Oh, there's, and, and I, and I do be careful. Anytime I hear that, I tell Morgan, oh, they'll be gone six months. Because if you bring that spirit of offense into this church, and you bring this baggage into this church, and you bring your issues here, and you've got bitterness, it's a matter of time. That's a spiritual problem. And I'm going to tick you off eventually. And if you don't deal with it now, how are you going to deal with it? How are you going to grow in those areas? And I tell people, go back to your church. Apologize and just grow if that's where you're getting fed. I sent people recently to Grace Chapel or Calvary Chapel if they like through the Bible, verse by verse, expository preaching. Or Lancaster Baptist. I talk to Pastor Paul sometimes. He's coming on my podcast. We've got, we're all on the same team. Once you realize we're all on the same team, the church had just planted in Quartz Hill. I talk to him every week. Do you need anything? How are things going? Well, oh, some of your people are here. I don't care. Might be they're not my people. They're not. They're God's people. And sometimes people need a shift to get it to get into. Okay, 
Shane's a little hard. I just need a breather for a few months, okay? I got it. I got it. That's fine. Go get a breather. It's okay. But I love later, years later, people got, you know what? I hated what you had to say, but you were right. My marriage fall apart. I'm hooked to porn. I'm back into alcohol. If I would have just listened and not ran from that conviction. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. I can't tell you. I saw a family six months ago. I was sitting right there. I'd probably convict him again. But um, he said, I just didn't want to come because I was addicted to these things and, and I didn't want to hear it. And so, see, I have to be comfortable in that. Now, do I say things perfectly? No, absolutely not. I, I, it just, we're, we're a work in progress. Sometimes my own thoughts come in. You don't have, you, if, you, if you knew how many times I said, no, nope, not going to say that. Not going to say that. Nope, not going to go there. I don't know if that's you, Lord. And, and, and just in my mind, I don't say it. Right, but so we have that struggle. Where does your flesh come in? Where does your anger come in? Where does your but where does your also that boldness and that tenaciousness and that faith come in and motivating men and and motivating people to come to the altar? Where does that come from? That's just an interesting side note. Is it now? Is that just that just cracks us up? We, pastors laugh and people don't even know. It. They think, oh, I got Shane. He's too convicted. I'm gonna go to a different church. Well, as soon as you're leaving, somebody else is coming for the very same reason that you're leaving. It just it make you'll go insane. If you don't understand different callings and you hit people where they're at in different lives, right? I mean, different, not different lives, Buddhist. But, you know, where they're at. Some people need, some people need this type of conviction, these types of services. Other people's, other people don't. They say, hey, our, our kids are really growing. Our youth, our, they're on fire for the Lord at, at faith community. And I, I talked to Caleb. I'm like, well, go there. Stay there. Let them grow in the faith. Once you, once I got over this point of competition years ago, it, life is so much easier. It's so full. I don't care. Don't send me the stats how many people are coming. I, I, I don't know. And now if they leave because of me and there's an issue we need to resolve, then yes, please. But once as leaders, we realize it's not about competition because we are on the same page. We're on the same team. It's, there's so much joy. There's so much joy and peace. And churches, though, that are ran like a CEO and a business, they get upset when they lose numbers. They, they do sermons based on numbers. They, they don't want to offend. That, that's a very, um, very dangerous place to be because now you're offending God because you're worried about the applause of men and the approval of men. Woe be to those who look to the approval of men, look to the approval of God. And so... <clears throat> I, I actually have no clue what that has to do with Revelation 13, but I'm sure it'll fit in there somewhere. I think I started on why there's different views, and it's good to respect different views. But He will deceive through signs. He will deceive through signs. Why knowing God's Word now is so important for the future, isn't it? You guys know Mahomes and Purdy stats. Did I pronounce those right? And the stock exchange numbers. And Taylor Swift's lyrics. But do you know the life-giving word? Life-giving word? It's amazing. It's amazing. I do have to say, when I, I, I never watch a football game except for the Super Bowl. I did. I know people are going to say, how can you watch? But I turned off the commercials. Okay, how's that? But... um. That guy, I didn't know he's Mr. Irrelevant. Purdy? Like last in the draft pick? Last? And now you're the, 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 the uh, quarterback in the Super Bowl? And he's a believer? I don't know. God might have had a... He might have played a role in that somehow. I mean, that's amazing. 
To me, that is a true, that's a true underdog. I mean, that is like, so you kind of know who I was rooting for, but it was, it was, you know, it's just amazing. And Pastor Ed, who spoke yesterday, talked about how God healed his knee and said, I want you to be in the NFL. I want you to be a linebacker and I want you to mean Joe Green is who he would go up against, if you guys remember him. And so God will put us in strategic positions to make a difference as long as that doesn't become an idol, an idol in your life. So anyway, they are deceived by signs. And that's why knowing God's Word now, knowing God's Word now is now. I don't know why I put that. I missed. I didn't spell check probably. So that's a good encouragement for you. If you don't want to be deceived later, what does God's Word say? Just be in it. Just be buried in it. Understand signs and wonders and what does Jesus teach. And so if you, if you see these false prophets, it's not going to be hard to spot. For a true, spirit-filled believer who knows God's Word, you're not going to be like, oh man, I don't know. Flip the, mm, that, gosh, they're both pretty, right? They're both guys. That, they're both saying the same thing. They're both, I don't, Lord, I don't know who to choose. It's, it's, <laughs> for somebody in His Word with the Spirit of God, it's going to be night and day. Because a, a, perfect, a person filled with the Holy Spirit, even though they're not perfect, they're in God's Word, they're meditating on God's Word, it's, it's like ding, 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 right? The, 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 uh, the bells just go off, you know. And I'm, I'm always fascinated by that drink the Kool-Aid guy. Like a thousand people drank the Kool-Aid in this part of, I remember Jim Jones, and, and I just, just the documentary, like, like I, I, as God's my witness, the first sentence he spoke in his demeanor, I'm like, oh man, false prophet. That guy, I do not have a good feeling for that guy whatsoever. But how are all these people deceived? Because you're not in God's Word. Or they're not believers as well. And they're tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine. And you'll see, even in the Christian church, anytime somebody is, is kind of getting off course, and they're like, but Shane, I don't know, what about this Illuminati stuff? Or what about this... You know this, and and now the, the the have you heard of the Abrahamic house? That I don't know if it's Dubai, but somewhere in the Middle East, where all they have a, something for Muslims, Jews, and Christians all in the same temple. And I know Christians are like, well, what's wrong with that? And I'm like, okay, where do we start? Where 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 do we start? And so see, but every single time, I can't think of one person that there's an exception. They do not know God's word. They, 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 they don't know God's Word. They, they're just kind of like, well, yeah, I have a five-minute devotional. I read John sometimes. I mean, no, you get the, the whole counsel of God's Word. Listen to solid teachers. Get grounded. In the, and that's the only way to not be deceived. I mean, if somebody came up and they're like, Shane, you know, God sent me here and He just makes a snake right here, I'm not going to bow. Absolutely not. Because it will be crystal clear now, I have to tell you this, I wasn't going to, and I, this is one thing I prayed about, but I, I like a lot of old commentaries. Any of you like old commentaries? I like new ones too. I use uh, MacArthur's commentary, uh, systematic theology. I use Wayne Grudem's systematic theology, um, the Christian uh, CBN Bible, I don't know, Christian uh, something. I, there, so I look at different commentaries, but this one, I, this is just, was really ironic. So many of the old commentaries link this to Rome and the papacy. Let that sink in. Ellicott, Benson, uh, m most commentaries in the 1800s link this to the papacy. 
Now, I'm not going to do that, but there is, if you look, there's a lot of parallels. And that's why I bring these things up. If somebody happens to listen and they are part of and they follow and they agree with Rome's teaching, Roman Catholicism, it is definitely in error. It's way off base. It's not even close to Scripture. There's, I, I was an altar boy. I can break it down from the Pope is not Peter. Did you know that? They teach apostolic succession. Did you know that they think the Pope is part of Peter's line? Because of on this profession of faith, on this rock, I will build my church. For anybody to think the church is built on a man is already left the building. Jesus, the gates will hell will not prevail against my church. So there's no successive authority because here's the problem with that. Now I'm, I'm in the succession of Peter. I'm Pope whoever. Now I'm the final authority. And they won't say this, but all you have to do is go look at their doctrines. They will say that that is actually equal or above Scripture. The final word of the papacy. The, pap, the papal directions. And, and it's, just, it's a very destructive thing. And, I, and people are like, oh, why do you talk about it? You're causing division. No, I'm trying to tell people, hey, you don't have to go to a priest to confess your sin all the time. You, you, that, that's not biblical. Actually, for a priest to not marry is not biblical. To worship Mary is not biblical. To worship the saints is not biblical. Immaculate conception is heretical. And, and there's so many doctrines of, and you look at Rome with these billions of dollars and, and they sit on this power, this, this place of authority. And that's why a lot of the people in the 1800s would make this connection. They saw just how wicked and evil this had become. So Benson said this in the 1850s. Now miracles, visions, and revelations are the mighty boasts of the church of Rome. Even fire is pretended to come down from heaven as in the case of St. Anthony's fire back in the 1800s. And solemn excommunications, which are called the thunders of the church, and are, they, they are performed with ceremony of casting down burning torches from on high as symbols and emblems of fire from heaven. They are indeed so far from being any proof of the true church that they are rather a proof of a false one. And as we see, the distinguishing mark of Antichrist. So, am I saying that the Pope will be the Antichrist? No, I have no clue who the one world leader will be. Absolutely no clue at all. Now, are there a lot of similarities in this? And when I grew up in that, I don't know if you remember, but they would, and, and we, we got all caught up and they would send out pamphlets or, where they would see uh, like a tree bleeding, this image of Mary. And they would go, people would travel, travel hundreds of miles, and they would weep at this tree. That look, the face looked just like Mary, and it had actual blood. I, I can't explain some of the things that happened. You know, it's not God. And they would worship this tree and worship Mary. They'd have, how is that not, how is that not totally off base? So when people get upset at me, I have to tell you, explain that to me. Please explain that to me. Our neighbor, her bumper sticker said, uh, um, something like, um, looking for Jesus, pray to Mary. That, to me, if I say nothing, I'm a coward because I don't want people to get upset. If you research it, it is, it's a false system. Can there be Christians who are Catholic? Absolutely. Of course. Many of them, though, if you talk to, they, they'll tell me, Shane, they don't believe that. Go read your own material from, read the papal decrees of the 1800s, the 1600s, 1700s. Read, read what they, they actually, you'll find in there that Mary is co-redemptive. 
co-redeemer. Mary is co-redeemer Jesus. Most of them pray. You ever see that picture of Mary? They're all worshiping you and she's holding a little baby Jesus? That's not biblical. That's heretical. That's deceptive. And unless you break out of those shackles, you will be and could be worshiping a false god. Revelation 13, 15-17. He was granted power. Alright, I'll tell you this too. I'm trying to kind of ignore it because I've talked about it before. But a very large church, a Catholic church off of McBean or something. I'm not sure where it's at down there. But this lady set up, um, she wanted me and the priest to, to debate or meet. And just everything he did, we just did, it was like not good. Because everything I just told you, they have this defense. I'm like, that makes no sense. That's Mary worship. Because they have a, why do you have a statue of Mary out front that's 14 feet high? So anyway, we got to purgatory. And I said, if Jesus paid it all, we look to tell us it is finished, paid in full. We go directly to be with Christ. We are forgiven of our sin. What is the point of purgatory? Do you guys know what that is? It's a teaching. It's a teaching that says you have, even a Christian, you have to go be punished for your sins. And that's how they built St. Peter's Cathedral. Uh, whenever a coin in the coffer sings, a soul from purgatory springs. So you could actually pay to get your family members out of purgatory. Why is nobody denouncing that as completely heretical and destructive? So I said, please explain to me purgatory as a believer. And he looked, I'll never forget, he kind of, he said, Shane, how do you deal with your shame and guilt if you, there's not a purgatory? Oh, okay. I, this, now I, I believe, I, I personally believe that many of these priests are not even saved. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. I, and I just say that in love. Who in the world is going to say, how am I going to go, hey, Guys, Rick, Lori, Yvette, how do you guys deal with shame and guilt? There has to be a purgatory to cleanse us because, see, they haven't experienced the cleansing work of Christ. And as a result, they have to go and get cleansed in purgatory. How long are you there? Depends how much sin you have. That is so, that is so blatantly false. That is blasphemy at the highest level. Christ's finished work on the cross was not enough. So now I have to go to purgatory. And I know people, I can always, they get upset. But listen, I have to go home and deal with God. I don't have to go home and deal with you. I have to drive home and say, boy, I sure was a coward today, but I didn't upset anybody. So this person was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast. And that image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship. Here we go would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So this is what many people are wondering about and worried about. Okay, as a believer, I want to be careful here. I don't think it's okay to worry and have fear, but um, <laughs> most of us deal with, uh, I hope I'm out of here. Right, I don't want to deal with, th this is terrible. This is terrible times. And that's why we sometimes, you know, we'll read into Scripture things or we'll, um, maybe, I, I don't know. I just know this is going to be the time, whenever it happens, that whoever does not worship the image of the beast will be killed. That's why I said last week, be encouraged, it will not be a sneak attack. You're not going to do something and then one day go, oh, did I, I knew I shouldn't have got that tattoo. 
Right, or I knew I should have got that mark, or I knew. No, when when the, when the jab was out, remember the jab? I said 22 gauge, but it's probably a, probably an 18 gauge if it's water based because we can have a smaller. Anyway, um, so oh, is that? Did I open the door to that? No, 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 no. You that you know, there's Christians have different views. Now, could these things lead to lead to it if you don't have this mark? I mean. I even heard language. I wish I would have saved it. I'm sure many of you did. You're not going to be able to travel unless you have this certain passport. Restaurants in L.A. were not serving you. <laughs> call me conspiracy theorist. Isn't it funny, all those people that call me conspiracy theorists, how much of that's true now? It's just unbelievable. If you, if you hold the line, what God will reveal. So take inventory now. Who are you and what are you worshiping? Who and what are you worshiping? Because I run into people and they'll say, you know, Shane, I understand that, but man, I'm having fun now. When the time comes, I'll bow my knee to Jesus. Oh no, you, you play like you practice. When that time comes, you might go further into the deception. If you will not live for Him now, you will not die for Him later. It just goes together. So are you truly ready? Take that inventory now because when He comes on the scene, those not worshiping God will flow automatically to the Antichrist or this one world leader. You'll just flow that way. And, and, and sometimes we think, have you ever thought, you know, I just kind of, man, I'm just kind of neutral right now. Maybe when you weren't following God, there's, I know I'm not living like heaven, but I'm not living like hell. I'm kind of neutral. Well, if you don't do anything to press into Christ and build that relationship, like throwing a piece of wood into a river, you will go right to that decided deception. Because you're already conditioned for it. You're already being deceived. So now, let's talk about this for a minute. Questions of reflection. Are you standing on God's Word with a humble, broken, repentant heart? And I, we, you know what? Let me, let me just throw this out there. Let us pray with you this morning next door because this comes in a lot. Um, email people tell me, I just don't understand the Bible. The Bible's boring. I just have a hard time with it. And I understand that. I understand that was my life for 20, my first 29 years of life. Until the Holy Spirit came radically upon me and filled me in tremendous joy, and now it comes alive. Is it still confusing? <laughs> yeah. Go through Ezekiel. Like, where's, what's he, is this future plan? You know, it's, but God can give you wisdom and direction according to His Word. Look at good commentaries, and it can be something you look forward to because it is your life. That's how I feel. This is my, if I don't get this spiritual bread, I'm going to wither and die spiritually. So let us pray for you next door. It could just be maybe you're, you're immature in the faith. It could be that you have no desire for the Word of God right now. I know that besetting sin, when we're in sin, we don't want to look at the Word. Because you're, you're in the Word, you're not in sin. And when you're in sin, you're not in the Word. So let us pray for you and have that desire to come upon you. I can't tell you how many people we've prayed for and they'll come back next week and just, Pastor, the Bible came alive. It's not, did you, have you ever read this? Yeah, I've read it a lot. I've read it a lot. Well, I didn't, does this, does this mean 
Uh, and they'll start, you know, they'll be reading even the prophet and they'll be reading when the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him and something just left in my spirit or leap. I don't know what the right, but it's just something. And I just, oh, and I highlighted it and God began to minister to me and show me the thing I'm going through. It will not take me out. And when that enemy raises up that comes against me, the spirit of the Lord will actually raise up a standard and protect me and all oh, that minister to me. I began to put on worship and that one verse came alive. That's how the Bible works, guys. That's how the Bible works. First, you have to look at it in context. I always look at it in context. Because you know the verse we all love, including me, a life verse, for I know I have the plans for you, plans of hope and not a, a future and to give you peace. And you Remember that promise, I, uh, Jeremiah, right? Yeah, 29-11. I have plans for you to give you hope and a peace. But did you know that they were getting ready to go into 70 years of captivity? Ouch. Oh, ah, uh, context, not good. After you go through these 70 years of captivity because of your sin, some of you and your children will be, have, be blessed because of it. I know the plans I have for you and your children in the future of hope and a peace. But people will take that and they're like, weeks will go by, months will go by. Lord, I'm claiming this promise. Well, what's the context, honey? You haven't been through 70 years of bondage yet. Now, of course, does it mean we'll go? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. But if you're reading in that scripture, just ah, leaps out and it comes. That's what I. That's what I needed today. The word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces, it divides, it exposes, and it encourages. And that verse, that sometimes we're like, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. That's why I told you at the beginning of the service, streams in the desert and my utmost for His highest this last week have been just, Donna, you're shaking, you know. So it's like, what God, this verse, I've read this a hundred times, it's never ministered to me before. Let me just give you an example. I talked to men yesterday. I get down just like many of you. And Oswald Chambers, I think, was talking about you've got to take the initiative. God comes upon you to help you not while you're waiting for Him, but when you, when you start to step out in faith, then He begins to move in you. So many times I'm sitting waiting, Lord, you got to do something. you got to do something. Well, Shane, I'm waiting for you to... No, 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 no. Mm-mm. You do something. And so taking that initiative and that, that verse, I think He talked about um, where, where the, the, the woman at the issue of blood or the blind beggars crying out, Jesus, Son of God, Son of David, have mercy on me. What about if they never cried out? How many people did Jesus walk by who needed healing? Think about that. Did He heal everyone? No. Verse say, I could not do many miracles there because of their... That's a whole other topic. That's where the name and claim it group has it right, and that's where they have it wrong. Dead wrong. Because they'll take Scripture. Ah, see, 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 see. See, just name and claim it. Oh no no, there's a lot there's a lot behind that. You can't just do whatever you want. What is God's sovereign will? Are you walking in obedience? Is there besetting sin in your heart? Is it part of God's will? Will this thing you're praying for destroy you, or is it something God wants you to have? There's so much behind that. You can't just name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it. Put the scriptures in context. So are you willing to yield to the direction of the Spirit? Are you willing to yield to the, are you, are you actively engaged in dealing with the things that hinder His presence in your life? I told the guys yesterday, deal with it now or it will destroy you later. 
Somebody needs to hear that again. Deal with it today or it will destroy you later. We're saying that. Do you have a verse for that? Whatever a man reaps, he will sow. God is long-suffering and waits patiently. But He will expose you if you don't expose your sin and go to Him and repent. It's in my life as well. As my life as well. I went to the elders about things and said, listen guys, I fell here. It's a hard week. I need prayer. I need covering. I need to just bring this to your attention. Not things that would disqualify you, but things that you're struggling with. Because if you don't expose it, what is it? What, does sin just stay nice and little? Oh, little tiny. Look at that little cute little sin. I hope he just stays that little. Good boy. He turns into a ten foot monster that you have no more. Con- ask ask a man caught in pornography. It started out so. You know when they. And not to get graphic here because there's kids and things, and, but when they interview um, serial killers, when they interview them, do you know that it all started with porn? Nine out of ten times when Bundy was interviewed by James Dobson, and I can take you to what, Ariel Castro. Remember that guy? I was just reading over one of my articles. I forgot all. He had two girls in his house trapped for 13 years. You'll go back. It all starts. With that innocent, innocent, because sin grows or withers depending on whether you feed or starve it. You can't manage sin because it will overtake you. It will control you. You have to starve it, expose it to the light, bring it to the light. And that's what we should want to do. If we don't want to do it, you have to wonder, "Mm, what side of the game are you on here, guys? I'd rather overly expose things. And I even told you, like, when I talk to the elders about things, they're like, hey, don't, that's not nothing. I mean, thanks for telling us, but it's nothing that's, you know, that big a deal. Well, not right now. But where could it go later? Or with my wife? Or we taught, you know, you have to, you expose it. Because I, I've experienced enough where you know when it's exposed, it loses its power. It loses its power. It loses its hitting power in your life. So I'm going to try to, to get to this Mark part so I don't have to go into part two next, next Sunday. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, basically everybody, everybody, everybody to what? Receive a Mark. So this is ultimate control. You see, this is where things are going in this direction. I mean, I think most of us can see have you ever seen the massive protests in different countries with the farmers? It's incredible. What are they trying? Why are they trying to shut down farms? Do you, do you know who the number one, the number one owner of land is in America? China or Bill Gates? Yep. Does Bill Gates like cows? No. I'll get into this some point. I'm. I'm I'm not an environmentalist, but I care about our environment. When, our, when we go camping, we leave the river, whatever, cleaner than when we got there. We do have the kids, you pick up more. If we can make a difference, we say, of course. But this whole green is an agenda. It's, for every scientist you have talked about global warming, you have other scientists saying, no, this is normal. But because there's an agenda. Is it just me or if you have bil- millions of more inter- uh, Teslas, where, where's, where's the power grid? 
Hello? I used to dig for Southern California Edison and, and run in ch- trenches and their, their 12 volt, 12,000 volt line. I know how these things work. You don't have, en- we don't have enough, we've lost our mind because of an agenda. Get rid of cows. Get rid of this. What's, what's the World Health Organization or, or is it the World Economic Forum? You're going to be poor and you're going to be happy. You just watch what they say. These, they, we're, we're at a very critical time where these things are going to start to apply. What is, so what is a mark? There's your Greek word. There's your Greek word. It's an engraving or an etching or a figuratively, it's a mark providing undeniable identification like a symbol giving irrefutable connection between parties. Now, some people say it's an actual mark, and it could be. But there are a lot of scriptures. For example, I have a few up there. Exodus 13, Deuteronomy 11. Exodus 13, and it shall serve as a sign to you on your head and a, re- a reminder on your forehead. I'm sorry, it shall be a sign to you on your hand. Dyslexia is coming out again. And a, and a reminder on your forehead that the law of the Lord may be in your mouth, for with a powerful hand the Lord brought you out of Egypt. Many times when it's talking about the, the, the mark on the hand or forehead, the Bible's talking about what you put in, what you're thinking, and your hand, how you act. It's, it's often not a literal mark. Look at Deuteronomy 11.18. Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul, and you will bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. Now, the Pharisees would have something called, I forgot to even just thought of this, phylacteries, where they would actually roll up the little scrolls of God's Word. And they would put, you might even see it today when you go to the Orthodox. And they would actually literally do this. But there's a lot of Scriptures where it's not a literal mark. Now, we can see, though, where things are going with, um, I, when, when was it last year I was in Whole Foods and this lady just went like this or something? Or that you've seen the videos on their, they'll get little chips or something and they start, think, wow, it could be a mark. Or could it be something like a passport? Um, personally, I don't get too caught up in it because it'll be obvious. I mean, it's going to be obvious. You have to take this, whatever it is, and this is what you mean. You bow to our green ideology and you're going to worship this new leader who's over the United Nations. And you're going to... Oh, by the way, I think I just found it this morning. Aubrey, did you get it in there? This picture? That, I don't know if you've ever seen this um, in New York. I think it's by the UN. But that's... That, I, even, I didn't put it up there yet. Um, I don't even know if I wrote it down. It was 666 United Nations Plaza, the address, and I tried to do some research on it. It's, it's kind of mixed. I don't know if it's a real address or not. But this is, this is the beast at the UN in New York. And if you read, th- this is all just true. Like I went, I looked at four, 40 different pictures and websites. I'm like, this can't, this can't be true. What, you, are, are we that stupid? You ever went to Hollywood? Have you ever seen Hollywood? You go down there, the, 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 your, the, the, it has the Arch of, of Babylon and all these Babylonian gods down there on sunset. It's just, it's just amazing. Now again, to me, I believe, whether these things are directly related or not, there are similarities because it's the same Antichrist spirit working out there. So let's go back to this. Revelation 18. Revelation 18. So, those who get a mark are going to be able to buy and sell and trade and live like you normally. If you want my personal opinion, I could see where things are going. 
Um, I know they're they're planning for the the next pandemic. I know there's already uh, certain you know things being in the works. I can see how there's some type of passport where things get harder because what happens is you get so fearful as you think that these things are the answer, and so they start to. And if you didn't get the the, the jab, you were people hated you. I mean, I look at a liberal team. It's like wow, you are the antichrist. You are killing people. You're killing grandma. And I can see how this hatred is there. And so if we start to see like, we don't want to do these things. Okay, now you have to have this to say you got this. Or you have to, you have to, you have to, um, what's that new, that new number they're giving to corporations? Um, this, this new, uh, uh, social credit score for corporations. I, did you know that most corporations are owned by like, uh, is it Blackstone, BlackRock, Vanguard? They're owned billion dollar companies. And why would Budweiser do something so ridiculous as as Dylan Mahaney. Why in the world? Bill, Disney. Wh- because they're not looking at it as immediate profit. They're looking at it to have the right social score with these higher ups that are ultimately going to decide the fate of these corporations. So they're planning for the future. So you can see how things are going. Where You either have to bow to this and, and, and embrace all of this. We'll give you some type of mark, some type of Etching maybe, maybe some type of passport, maybe something that proves you are on this side. And all of you who do not, it's a pretty bad fate. It, 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 and people are like, well, saying they would never kill people. Are you kidding me? Do you, do you, do you, are you reading about these? a lot of the transgenders now in the news? Mass shooting? That's what happened in Joel Osteen's church. Transgender. Other massacres at the school. You, they are so filled with hatred that things are only... You want to do something that will blow your mind. Like I didn't even... I was going to be way off if somebody told me to guess. Columbine was really the, the, the first kind of big school shooting, right? Just Google how many active shooters, how many shootings have there been in the last 20 years? Or 10? There's like hundreds a year. It's amazing. How far we have progressed and the evil and the wickedness. And we're, we're getting to that point. So it goes back to, you don't need to fear, you need to be ready. You don't need to fear, you need to be ready. I'd, be, I'd rather be a Christian filled with the Spirit of God in this season than a lukewarm or unbeliever in the 1980s. Well, it was easier then. Well, not necessarily if you don't have God in your heart. So here's wisdom. Here's how you're going to know. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. So that's where that comes from. That's where that is, is brought out there. Now, a couple key things. Wisdom is needed. That tells me it's, you can't just go name people and think it's going to... I mean, I remember... You know, many of you, if you're older, Ronald Reagan or Gorbachev or the United Nations or um, a lot of uh, Hitler. And there are, I believe, anti-types. There are people who can fulfill some of what's going on. But wisdom is needed. It's the number of man, which we know, like the number of man, six. Man was created on the sixth day. Uh, the number 777 is a number of completion, uh, where 666 is not that number. It's, it's the number of man. 
And I want just a quick note, in some of the older Greek manuscripts, actually the number 616 is used instead of 666, even though the evidence strongly supports 666, but the fact that some have 616 should motivate us not to jump to conclusions. Now, you ready to get interesting for just a minute before I close? Preterists and partial preterists take Nero Caesar and they translate the Latin into Hebrew. So an N is added to conform with the Hebrew spelling of Nero's name in a manner similar to the Greek adding of an S, like Jeremiah's, Jones's. So we add, they add that N, and you can see it comes out to the 50, the 200, the 6, the 50, the 100, the 60, the 200, comes out to 666 if you spell out Caesar Nero's name in Latin. Translate Latin into Hebrew. So, if anything, I, when I saw this many years ago, I'm like, well, that is very interesting. <laughs> but there are other names you can make fit that as well, too. And so it's not, for me, it's not something where I would rush out. But I understood, okay, well, these, you know, if you believe that, you're not too far off. That's, that's interesting. And because of what Nero did, and you can see how Nero, um, Nero was after AD 70, I believe, or um, don't, don't quote me on that. I'm trying to do the history here. I know AD 70, Titus conquered Jerusalem, um, and I think, you know, Nero came after that. And you do see a lot of how these things parallel what happened in early church history. But I just don't think full throttle that it would be hard to make all of this work. First John 2.18, John was writing in the last hour. See, that's why a lot of these people think this has already been fulfilled, because John, 2,000 years ago, was writing in the last hour. He called it the last hour. Children, it is the last hour. And as if you heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that this is the last hour. He wrote that about 2,000 years ago. We can clearly see now, right? Looking back, hindsight, vision 2020, we can see that And my, the big question for me is, okay, if all this stuff happened already, <laughs> boy, it sure looks similar to what we're going into right now. It's not like, oh, yeah, all that's passed. We don't have to worry anymore. You know, America's getting better. The, the government, everything's changing. We're, we're getting more Christ-like. I'm like, I don't, not sure I, I agree with that one. So I guess they could have some type of dual fulfillment, obviously. Streams in the Desert said this. This is for us if we have to. And next week, I think I'm going to um, title it Travelling Through the Tribulation. Revelation 14, Travelling Through the Tribulation. If you're not here, great. We're out of here. If you are still here, there's going to be some tips. Or if you're listening to this later, you're an unbeliever and then you become a believer, this will be so important for you next week. But I want to share something with you now. If a bird is flying for pleasure, it goes with the wind. But if the bird meets danger, it turns right around and faces the wind in order that it may rise higher. Did you know that about birds? If they're just relax, you'll watch this. If you're, if you're, um, I've seen it even like dove hunting or different things. They'll take off. Uh, maybe I shouldn't tell you. I used to do that, but um, there, there's, there's when they meet the danger, they go against the wind so they can that wind pushes them up higher. Sufferings are God's winds, His contrary winds. Sometimes His strong winds. They are God's hurricanes, but they make human life. They take human life and they lift it up to a higher level towards God's heaven. For the message of perseverance is this, I cast my mind on Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me.
And I really do hope, it is so hard giving a message like this, I don't want people to leave here I'm like, man, I'm so worried. Because we're not, we don't need to be worried. If there's things in my life that I'm not prepared for, if I'm not walking closely with you, Lord, I need to get that right this morning. I need that joy of the Lord to be in my heart. I need to repent of certain things. Um, and it could be a wonderful opportunity to get us back on track. And I truly believe that's why we don't have heaven on earth. One reason, you know, of course, of sin. But I think that's why some reason God, sometimes God gives us challenges. And God makes us think about difficult things because it, it balances us back. You ever see those scales, you know, the old time where they used to put, and it would weigh the scale down the more you put on this side? Well, if all we have is blessings, and life's pretty easy, and things are going great, oh man, 7000 on my tax return? Man, kids are walking with the Lord, everything's going great, my car's running great, this, and we just, it's, it's, we'll be lopsided. And that's where actually people get into trouble into idolatry. They get lazy spiritually. So sometimes God will put some more coins on this side. Hey, hotshot, this is happening. Now you owe the state money this year, if you're like me. Right? It's like, oh, oh. And they'll just start to... And like, what? not all my kids aren't walking with the Lord. There's a little rebellion. This isn't going... And, and you'll start to... God can kind of balance out that scale. Thank God for that. Thank God for the God who balances out life. And that's often how He does it. The problem is when we start to fill these things, we can become bitter and angry. I like the scale on this side. So do I, but it makes you very weak spiritually. Look at the parallels even with, with exercise. We like, we like the couch. Go get me Krispy Kreme. And now I just saw something that amazes me. Just this week I saw this guy talk. He's, he's driving around dropping off like food on people's porches. What is that? that what do you, what's that called? Door. Yeah, I've never even used it. Every, and like, you just drive around and put Carl's Jr. on the door and I watch and this lady goes, grabs it, goes back in. It's like, we don't open our garages, we don't talk to people, now we're dropping off all, and it's, it's never good food, by the way, I've noticed. And it's, it's just, it's just this, 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 we're getting into this, um, and we can get real lazy with that, right? I'm on my Netflix binge. Let me get this, what'd you call it again? DoorDash. Okay. And I can do this, and I can, and we can get really lazy. Really lazy. I mean, my first question, how in the world do you make money, guys? I mean, this guy driving all around. But we can, it, it, God will shake us up. Shaking us up removes the hindrances in our life. That shaking, oh, thank God for the shaking. Thank God for the shaking. Because then you can truly say, like this verse, I cast my mind on Calvary where Jesus bled and He died for me. And we cast our cares upon Him. And we line up again, yes, Lord, I'm going through this. Yes, I have a limp that will not leave. Yes, I've been broken. Yes, I've been hurt. Yes, this is going on. Yes, these people are rejecting me. This person is lying against me. This is a person's accusing me. But Lord, I cast my mind on Calvary because nothing there's somebody who will not leave me nor forsake me. Thank God. Did you know that? There is somebody who will not leave you nor forsake you. When all else has failed, you cast your mind on Calvary and you look where Jesus bled and died for me. Lord, whoever believes in me, cast your cares upon me and I will forgive you. I will set you free. You can come at two in the morning. You can come as a broken sinner. You can come as a transvestite or somebody from the abortion clinic and you can look to Him, cast your eyes upon Him and be saved. 